Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Haley. And this is How to Not Get Killed. I hope he leaves that in. He's not gonna. Oh, he never does. No, it was too quiet. It was too cute. It wasn't a big, burly, grizzly one. No, but like anytime you can hear it, Drew, just add an echo. He's not gonna. (laughs) You know what? Maybe he will. The the only times he does anything funny is when you do your like good laugh that shows up rhythmically and then he's like, listen to this. And then he'll like add stuff to it. And I'm like, but the burps and farts. (laughs) What about those? What about those? Let's give them some time to shine. That's what people want to (laughs) hear. Like, I think it was, like, the one maybe Halloween episode. I can't remember when it happened. But remember, he added, like, one of our laughs at the end, but it was, like, with the scary oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. tuner yeah. on it. amazing. Know. That was yeah. perfect. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, whatever you feel creatively that you want to add, do it. Do it. He's gonna no. We can't give him too much freedom with it because then I want to give him freedom. Like, free reign. I'm just curious. Okay. What we, what will you come up with? Oh, God. I know what this guy can come up with. And let me tell you, we don't want it. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so we were just we were just discussing cults. And then I was like, let's turn on the mics. We'll like just we'll yeah. throw this, this in isn't here. a cult episode, but we're going to. It's just... not a cult episode. We yeah. just talk about this in our spare time, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was listening to a podcast, which I'm sure a lot of you listeners have listened to. It's like been around a long time. Um, it's called Something Was Wrong. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, but I okay. don't think I've had a chance to listen yet i just got into it because one of those ones that like i I think they're on season like eight or nine or something so it has been around a long time and it's like gotten very big so it's something that's been recommended to me a lot of just like heard it like heard other podcasters talk about it and i'm like you know what i'm gonna give it a go it's very good um the host is amazing um and it's like an interview host makes a difference yeah she's really good um and it's like an interview style podcast and every season's about something like different okay so i do like that too it's almost like um like Like contained sort of stories right from people um so like like the first season was like about a girl in a relationship and there's like a lot of like gaslighting and manipulation and like things that you find out about a person and like things like that so um that's interesting but season four she interviews um escapees from jonestown and that's what made me think of you because i was like yo you would fucking love this oh i gotta Um, listen is that the same um podcast you were listening to remember we were having the discussion about how like there's certain things that we like can't process and you were talking about listening to the footage from the massacre that oh yeah i think it was last podcast on the left okay that that played like the whole like i don't know how long it felt like yeah it felt like 45 minutes now i was high i was like (laughs) this is like after the bar one night where i was like sitting out on my front steps like smoking a j and i and like i was just like i'm gonna listen to a podcast forever because like no one was with me like everyone was already in bed it's just one of those nights where you're like i'm not gonna sleep tonight like i'm just like my mind is racing yes so i was like i'll listen to the podcast that i've been listening to and wasn't expecting to have this. your earth's core shattered yeah <laughs> like, and you know when you're just like and it was back when like i was sort of like first like dabbling in weed again so you're not like able to get high and like really fully comprehend things and yeah. so i was just sitting there and i was like i don't know how long it's been but i can't turn it off i don't want to hear it but i can't turn it off and it yeah. was just like the audio of jim jones like narrating the mass yeah. suicide like um so or the massacre sorry it's not yeah a lot of yeah. people don't refer to it as mass suicide so i don't want to i don't want to offend anyone but it's yeah. yeah the massacre basically at jonestown and 
when we we were just saying when we cover it we'll never ever force anyone oh, no, to God, listen no. to that like no. that and it's not like they forced me it's not like they strapped me down no. and like taped no. these headphones yes, to my ears did. i could have <laughs> fast forwarded i was just it was one of those things where i was like i was curious yeah. and then later i regretted it yeah it was fine i'll never too, listen to it again i do understand completely of like being high and it's almost like you don't have a choice in being yeah. able to get out of it because mm-hmm. did I tell you about that episode of the new season of American Horror Story that like really fucked me up? I was like, I wasn't even like full blown high. It was just like a tiny bit, but it just, it hit so weird and I couldn't look away. That was the problem. And I was like, I know I have to for my mental health look away, mm-hmm. but it just like didn't let me. Mm-hmm. So no, instead no, no, I just absolutely. was like crying and being like, Drew. And he was like, turn it off. Like, I don't know why. Like, why am I coming to you right now? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, I'm being traumatized I, right this in this very so second. scary. <laughs> yeah. So, no, yeah, yeah. It was just one. And it, I think it was one of those things, too, where it wasn't like, um, like, it's just Jim, it's Jim Jones, like, talking. But it's For scary. like 45 minutes. But it's like, because you know what happens like the audio itself isn't scary it's just like the whole aura around it yeah. feels so I, incredibly I've, I've unsettling only heard, like the tiniest sliver of it and yeah. it is scary yeah like i even not high it's scary so to the so to Back um to the point. now i'm gonna i'm blanking on her name the host of something was wrong tiffany reese i think um Sorry if I got that wrong. Gosh, like it. Uh, yeah. I can so check. I'll she check. um she talks about in the beginning of the fourth season, um like because people will reach out to her and submit their stories and then she'll like go through them and select one for like the next season. So the person that reached out to her, her father, was like a child when his parents like were kind of recruited into Jonestown. Okay. So she just she talks with this girl's father about his experience as like a child kind of growing up with Jonestown and then he she also talks to his father um okay. because he was like the adult kind of in the situation being pulled into Jonestown. She talks to both of them and basically the the season starts out with like the girl saying like my dad has been interviewed multiple times about Jonestown as like a survivor and escapee. Yeah. Um but he finds that it's always like they interview him for hours and hours or sometimes days and then they take like this small clip and put that in and say oh yeah it was awful and it's always about jim jones and it's not really about the people yeah and so that's what he's felt like and oh, so absolutely she very much focuses on like their the people. individual experience in well, Jonestown. that's what matters absolutely so it's a very interesting um take and it's something that i haven't heard because of course often like if you you know she has a member that she's interviewing which is amazing um but oftentimes podcasters don't so they they don't have any other choice other than to take this the G- jim jones is the one that we have the information on yeah. right so it's an it's a nice sort of interesting not nice but interesting take on it and you get to hear like a different perspective yeah. and perspective of people who lived it yeah so anyways i thought of you it's a great season so far all of okay. the seasons before have also been amazing okay and just very enlightening and she does a lot of good research and reads like a lot of good books where she's like i'm not a therapist or a professional but like this person wrote this book and i'm taking information from that and will like sort of yeah. um supplement her episodes with like information from professionals and stuff so it's very well put together i'm loving it okay i'm I'm glad that there's like many many more seasons to go i'm excited yeah it's very good check it out that's awesome Mm -hmm. okay cool oh that actually fully reminds me that fully reminds me i had a note in my like notes app not on my actual podcast notes to Mm -hmm. add into elisa's case uh 
it was just a recommendation to go listen to a podcast that's actually local to Ohio. Um, they do a four-part covering of Elisa's case, and they get, like, way more in-depth than than I did. Oh, okay. And I was going to recommend that at the end. So I guess I'm doing that now. Do it now. Yeah, for um, sure. True Crime Garage is what it is. They've got four parts awesome. on Elisa's case. They're local to, to Ohio, so they've got to have more info than we do. Yeah, they probably have a more personal sort of, like, perspective. Yeah. 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 And I had, like, a whole thing saying, like, I didn't listen to the episodes mainly because I didn't want to take any of their information that they they clearly have a lot if there's mm-hmm. four parts. Yeah. Um, I specifically didn't listen because I wanted to just refer everybody to them. Yeah, for sure. So I'm doing that now. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that fully reminded me. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's freaking do it. Let's go. All right. This is an old-timey one, which maybe you guys don't know. Maybe you don't even know. But when it comes to researching cases, I normally avoid old-timey ones like the plague. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Okay. We've talked about this where it feels like very far away, so I have a hard time connecting mm-hmm. to it. It's yeah. just me. It's not like I'm like, oh, that, that case doesn't matter. Like it does. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know why no, I can't get into them. I, I also feel like um, the older the case, like the harder I find to like find information on it. Yeah. I don't know if that's just been my personal experience. Some of them obviously do have like a lot, loads of information, but like the ones that I've sought out, I feel like it's sort of like, oh, it's it's tough it's tough to get details on this it's just like the everywhere you look it's just the wikipedia page you know what i mean yeah so yeah and that's exactly this case so i will you know what up front because i think i only added it in the second part it's a two-parter if you're not looking at the title already but so i got basically basically a hundred percent of my information from the book called lady killers um deadly women throughout history by tori telfer it's actually an incredible book like i've you you can pick out like different um killers from the book and just read the, that section if you did if you're not gonna sit down and hunker down and read front to back um but she does like almost a comical take on things mm-hmm. and it's also like i don't want to say it's very feminist it's just like a more feminist comical tone okay yeah i i love it yeah like i think if you want to hear about grizzly cases without all the gory details this might be the book for you Okay. I don't know. There's There are gory details in here, this case particularly, just, at least in this part, there isn't, like, a lot of gore. Okay. Yeah. So that's my next bit here. Um, okay, yeah. So I'm just going to jump in and start reading what I've got here. So about 40 years before Jack the Ripper came along, England suffered through, like, an onslaught of murders during a decade known as the Hungry 40s. Okay. This is when the silk, cotton, and wool industries had, like, declined in about 1839, leading to widespread economic depression, and a handful of reckless ladies began to kill as a means of harsh survival. Um, At least nine were convicted of serial murder at that point. Wow. I know. Holy. We don't hear a lot about female serial killers, because they often either get brushed off as, like, I don't know not as serious yeah or like like uh, categorized as like a black widow or something yes. right where it's like oh and that's precisely what she talks about in this mm-hmm. book here is mm-hmm. like there's yeah it's yeah there's just like a underrepresentation uh, obviously we don't want to be represented at all in this category but there is no like, i think statistically of course like it's less in terms of females 
being serial yeah. killers versus males. But I think we're under, like, I think they're, like, not talked about as much mm-hmm. in terms of, yeah, just, like, yeah. not people thinking that they almost don't exist, yeah. which, like, they very much do. They very, very much do. And also, too, like, oftentimes they're just statistically a little bit more secretive mm-hmm. and f- can often fly under the radar a l- lot better mm-hmm. than the male counterpart. But anyway, so by the time the 1860s came around, that list of female killers grew by one. And she was probably the worst of them out of the like nine that I just said. Um, There is a list. I just skipped over their names for now because I might eventually cover them. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, Yeah. that's fine. But her name is Marianne Cotton. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a trigger warning, not necessarily because this is gory or overly graphic. Um in terms of like the detail behind the crimes, it just involves a wildly high number of child deaths. Again, they don't, I don't really go into detail per se about how it happens, but um, it's obviously not something everyone is totally okay with hearing and that's like fully understandable. So I just wanted to give fair warning up front, but thankfully with it being an old timey one, there aren't the gory details for me to share. It's just kind of like me rattling them off. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just figured I'd let some people know that. That's all. So a little bit of background. Um, Marianne Cotton was born in 1832 as Marianne Robson. So Cotton's like a married name she later takes on. Okay. Um, to young teenage parents. Since it's old timey, there's a lot of details I can't find, like parents' names, ages, stuff like that. So if basically if there's information missing, it's just because of the time that this took place in yeah of course yeah so where so her family had moved around frequently since she since her dad was a minor um they just kind of like followed wherever there was work to be had so that he could make money for the family okay marianne was noted as being exceptionally pretty with beautiful dark eyes um marianne's father had actually fell down a mining shaft and died when she was just nine years old and it doesn't say when exactly in her childhood, but Marianne's little sister also died very young. Mm. Even though both of these horrifyingly tragic things happened while she was still a kid, Marianne is later noted as still describing her childhood as, quote unquote, days of joy. Oh. Maybe some foreshadowing okay. as to what she deems to be joyful. You could say... Who that. knows? Yeah. I do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Becky knows everything. I, I don't. I wish I knew everything. Actually, I don't. I feel like knowing all of the answers in the world would just be brutal. Yeah, honestly, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. I think we say that all the time. I just want to be like, I want to be really stupid. I know. Luke and I say that all the time. I'm I like, man, a... I wish I was stupid and happy. I just want to be like a <laughs> fucking plank of wood and yeah. just be like, nope, not just going on in here. Yeah. Just a fucking dud. <laughs> But thankfully, I'm super intelligent so. yeah. <laughs> and also extremely humble. <laughs> uh, okay. But naturally, shortly after her father's passing, the days of joy started to become fewer and farther apart since she had to officially start helping out with the family with bringing in an income. Right. So when she was a teenager, she took jobs as like a Sunday school teacher, a dressmaker, or like one of her final teenage jobs was um being a maid for rich families okay 
The maid job is what kind of changed the game for Marianne. This job showed her what type of luxuries you could have access to if you're rich. And she strived to be like that. Mm-hmm. She also even thought, um, she also even though herself was a maid, loved the idea of having someone get on the floor and clean for you. Marianne never ends up being rich, but whenever she did splurge, it was always on maids who would come and she would have them scrub her floors. And she really just loved the like idea of basically someone just serving you. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's someone like subservient. Yeah. 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 Like under underneath you. Yeah. So I think it was just more so the attitude of like, I, I want the air of, like, importance. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mm-hmm. the special one. So I think that's kind of, like, what lured her in when she was being that was, I want to be on the other end of this. Of course, yeah. So. Not a lot else on her childhood from there. So in about 1851, when Mary Ann was 19, she married a man named William Mowbray. Mowbray? Mowbray. I don't know. Mowbray. It's whatever you want it to be. It's going to be Mowbray. It's too long ago for anyone to care. It's, I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to fucking say it again. How about that? I'm, it's just going to be William. So <laughs> it's Willie. It's Willie. It's William. Um, the ceremony was kind of like hush hush. Like, I don't think it was intentionally secretive per se, but it took place about 20 miles away from her home. And it's said that it, she was possibly trying to avoid a scandal. That's why they went like away from town um, because she was already pregnant during the ceremony. There were no Mm. friends or family present. It was private. Like it was just basically the two of them. Okay. And I think an assigned witness and then whoever was the ordainer. Is that the word? Ordainer? (laughs) It's not. I don't think so. I'm going to say it. I don't care. The ordainer. That's the new (laughs) word. (laughs) Yeah. So this also wouldn't be the last time Marianne stands at the altar about to marry someone while also pregnant. This comes becomes a trick of the trade for her. Okay. Per se. So the goal behind her marriage is, plural, mm-hmm. was basically just a way out of poverty. Like that, that was abundantly clear even from like an early point. Like the people she goes after were always either significantly wealthy in the mm-hmm. public eye or just wealthier than her. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I yeah. mean, that wouldn't have been abnormal for the yeah. time, of course. Yeah. But that that wasn't necessarily the way it always worked out. Like, William took Marianne after getting married to a shanty town in the southwest of England, where Marianne gave birth to four or five children. It's unclear if it was four or five. Um, all of those children died without being registered oh my goodness i'll get i'll get to this a little bit okay um later at the end of her life she couldn't remember the exact number of babies she had had during this time just gotta note that like a lot of babies were had um when they finally moved back to the north it was with only one living daughter margaret jane who actually soon after their move died um with the cause being scarlatina angiosa and exhaustion. I don't know what scarlatina angiosa is. I know what exhaustion is. Oh. <laughs> but I don't know the other one. Um, Yeah, no idea. I didn't even bother okay. to look it up because I was like, okay, that's a mouthful. But it was some sort of med- proven I'm gonna, medical reason? I'm going to imagine it has to do... This one... Okay, so the early... 
deaths that I just talked about here, the four or five children plus Margaret Jane, these ones we're very unsure of if they were intentional or yeah. accidental. That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, are any of these deaths suspicious? They very, very well could be. Okay. But these are the ones that are kind of up for debate. Going forward, it's a little less up for debate. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I'm also imagining the scarlatina angiosa has something to do with like scarlet fever. That's yeah. the only way because of the word scarlet. That's it. That's my brain's doing A and B. So yeah, let's pretend scarlet fever. We're just going to pretend I'm changing history now. <laughs> um, so but it, like naturally it would be absurd to pretend like if these were in fact all accidents, let's say, um, that this wouldn't take a toll on a person psychologically. The never-ending poverty, literally every single one of her babies dying almost just as quickly as they were born. And, like, her first small glimpse into motherhood had ended very abruptly as well. So if we're going on the assumption that all of those were accidents, one could make the conclusion that everything else that's to follow could be a result of that psychological trauma. But again, since they're not proved, it's kind of like, well, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, so the couple continued to move so that William could work. Um, one, like, rough, poorly paid job after another. He um, eventually found a position as a on a steamer ship. So the two of them settled in a town near the coast where they had three more children. Isabella, a second Margaret Jane, and baby John Robert. Baby John Robert ended up dying one year later uh, due to diarrhea, which, uh, like, for the time, an illness like diarrhea could have killed a baby. Yeah, sure. Like, dehydration and, like, unable to retain fluids and whatever. Like, yeah. 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 What was the diarrhea caused from? I have an idea. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because many things could have caused it. I'll I'll very soon get to her um MO. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. So I'm wondering. So is it pies? No, it's uh. not Nanny Doss. I know. She's in this oh, book well. though. She is. I'm sure she is. Yeah. yeah. I actually I don't think I used information from this book for the Nanny Doss case, but I, I like, should have. Man, like a prune I pie sh- gone wrong could give you some I, mad honestly, diarrhea. the squirts mad. for lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't think I had this book when I covered Nanny Doss. Now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'll do a little update. Yeah, no, you, I can't remember where... You, I remember you having a different source. Yeah. Anyway, so William was, a, was away at sea for months at a time, naturally, because of the job he had. That makes sense. And pretty quickly, Marianne took up with a red-haired miner named Joseph Natras, who lived in a neighboring town. It's noted that Joseph may have been the closest thing to the love of her life, but more likely he was just the closest thing to luxury and wealth. Was and, he rich? she thought he was okay i think he was richer than her but it never really like anything i found never like explicitly said that he was like bursting with money you know it was yeah, just kind of like i think he was like... probably just wealthier than her okay she also just fell in love with him so okay a little bit of a little bit of this a little bit of that either way she ended up falling super hard for him and they go on to stay in touch for years like for a long time okay 
Around the time that Marianne took up this relationship with Joseph, she also started showing an overall behavior change. This is kind of when things changed for her mood-wise, behavior-wise, if you will. Okay. But before meeting Joseph, she had followed her husband from shantytown to shantytown, like just kind of doing whatever he suggested and just sticking by his side, really. After meeting Joseph, she started to take matters into her own hands. Marianne had somehow around this time completely shifted from someone who sat back on the sidelines and basically just watched everyone around her die to someone who somehow managed to cause everyone around her to die. Mm-hmm. Speculations as to what sort of brought on this newfound identity was her, um, like, was her venture into murder more of a way to move closer to Joseph by getting rid of previous identities as someone else's wife? Or maybe she couldn't take William's long absences anymore and eventually snapped under the pressure of single motherhood? Or maybe she just really hated people in general and just kind of whispered to herself one day, enough, you know? That's kind of like what's speculated is like three different like reasons as to like why she goes on to do the following things. Okay. I don't know. And I think that's kind of like what happens a lot with women. It's like, it's always around, like, centered around, like, men, money, or just pure, I don't know, wretchedness. Yeah. Like, it's just, I I don't know. Like, she talks about it a little bit in the book, so it's like, I didn't want to, like, take all of it. But, yeah. Whatever caused the change in her behavior, it definitely stuck because Marianne quickly learned what arsenic could do to the human body. How or where she learned, don't know, but she did learn how easily it dissolved into hot tea. Ah, there's the tea. There's the tea. Yeah. There's the tea. Was arsenic what Nanny Doss used in her pies, though? I think it was arsenic and something else. Rat poison. Rat poison. And yeah, rat poison was in the pies because I remember my recipe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You have it written down, right? You served yeah, that at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there were times that she used arsenic. No, I can't remember. I feel like I've definitely heard another sort of like Black Widow yeah. story about someone using arsenic. Maybe that's yeah. why it just became exactly. popularized. Huh. <laughs> definitely rat poison. I think she used a little bit of arsenic. Anyways. Just a dash of arsenic. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. All right. So now we're kind of into 1865, which is 14 years after she had married William. Okay. So William actually passes away in 1865. His cause of death was listed as typhus, fever, and diarrhea, which doesn't really fit the symptoms of arsenic poisoning. But if the doctor who filled out the certificate confused typhus with typhoid, then some speculate it it was almost absolutely arsenic poisoning because typhoid fever did slash does, in fact, look a lot like arsenic poisoning. Okay. Um, doctors of that time did often use the terms typhus and typhoid interchangeably. I'm not sure why the hell anyone would when they are different things. So they're like, I've, I've heard of typhoid, obviously. I've never heard of typh- typhus. typhus. It's so just like a they're different, completely different. They're, they're different. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're different. They have different okay. symptoms and side effects. Like they're, they're different. Okay. Okay. Like I even like pulled up typhus, typhoid, and then symptoms of arsenic poisoning. And the only like 
two that looked almost identical on the list were typhoid and arsenic. But if professionals at the time were using them interchangeably, then he easily could have meant typhoid. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, regardless, though, William's death was exceptionally convenient for Marianne. She ended up being awarded a large insurance sum oh, okay. as a result of his death. Yes. She took her two daughters, Isabella and Margaret Jane 2.0, and moved to the same town that Joseph lived in. Shocker, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Not too long after that, Margaret Jane II also passed from typhus fever, just like her father. Interesting. Okay. Almost immediately after that, Marianne sent Isabella off to live with her grandmother. Sadly, Isabella only lives to be nine years old, which was actually the oldest of Marianne's children. Oh my gosh. Isabella makes a little bit of a comeback before... She doesn't come back. Okay. I was yeah. like, wait, what do you mean she comes <laughs> like, back from the dead? Like, like this is just like a point to add here. But like uh, okay. in the timeline, she comes back very briefly. Okay. So, so Marianne's chilling right now. She's living in the same town as Joseph, her ultimate crush and love of her life. She's officially single and childless. A win-win in her eyes. What could go wrong? Right? What could go wrong? I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. You got to <laughs> guess right now. <laughs> so she actually comes to discover something far worse to her than death itself. <gasps> Joseph was already married. I, w- oh, I was just going to say, is he already, is he already married? He's, already He's married. just playing her for a fool. Do you want to guess what happens? Do you want to guess what happens? She kills him. Do you wanna, is that your guess? Yeah, that's definitely my guess. Okay, the answer is literally nothing. What? She shockingly shockingly it's like okay leaves it at that decides to not pursue him any further and just moves back to her former town and decides to get into nursing he comes back later such a weird it's it's, such a weird it's weird but maybe maybe she's like i'm not gonna fuck with another woman's man that's that's girl code (laughs) that's girl code. she invented the girl code she invented girl code yeah I mean, I mean, husbands and kids, disposable to her, clearly. F- for sure. But, you but know. I mean, you, you can't mess around with the girl code. For the women, you know? Honestly, very feminist of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, man, like her own husband. Yeah. Just, Gone. Cut. Who, who gives a shit about him? Toss but this him. Dude just, Arsenic? Got him. This dude's an adulterer and he's yeah. just what, manipulating whatever. And, yeah. and she's just like, ah, oh, okay, whatever. It, it could be, too. She maybe felt like she got played the fool. Maybe. I mean, she she, she did. did, yeah. But it's like not her fault. No, but, no. Yeah. But at the same time, it could have been like, oh, this is embarrassing. I came here thinking you were yeah. single. You've played me. I'm just, you're out. Mm-hmm. Until later. <laughs> so she gets into nursing. Okay. And as it turns out, she's a pretty half-decent nurse. Like, by all accounts, like, she's regarded as a very incredible healer, believe okay. it or not. Okay. Um, she had one patient who's noted as being this, like, strong, well-proportioned, muscular man. Um, his name was George Ward. That's a difficult combination. <laughs> George Ward. I can say those words separately, but as, like, a sentence. He's also just George now. I'm not going to say his last yeah, name. Okay. Screw it. <laughs> he's He's one minute sick in bed in the hospital, like, nearly dying. Again, illness is like rampant back then. Like this oh, yeah, is not yeah, yeah. like 
It's like someone sneezed and you're like, oh, the ne- see you never. Honestly, just kill him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So he's like deathbed sick. Do whatever. And then Marianne takes over nursing him. And then he's all of a sudden kind of just fully back to health. And he has this like epiphany moment of like this angel has just nursed me back to health. So naturally, as things normally go in the progression of a regular healthy relationship, he proposes right away. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I feel like if I was like near death and then someone just cured me, I'd probably be like, marry me. Yeah. So like, when, when, are, when are we going to seal the deal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm yours now, right? I'm your problem. <laughs> so she actually said yes. And poof, they're off. Ah. The witness. A regular fairy tale and they lived happily ever after again. Never. Whatever, doesn't yeah, happen. It doesn't happen. I'm going to spoil it. it <laughs> there's no fairy tale right. ending. There really isn't. Um, the witness for their wedding is noted as just being a groom from the previous wedding held at the chapel right prior to theirs. <laughs> again, no friends or family, anyone along those lines in attendance. Very quick shotgun wedding <laughs> they just like kind of like caught him on the way out they're like hey buddy could buddy, you like yeah, stick around really, for like 15 really, minutes we just need a signature <laughs> that's it we just need a signature just say you were here <laughs> so their marriage was shockingly brief obviously okay 15 months <laughs> i thought you were gonna say 15 minutes <laughs> can you imagine like a whole 15 minutes and she's like got the arsenic have some tea <laughs> like, so during this one though to biographers, this is pretty shocking, but um, she didn't get pregnant at all. Okay. People speculate maybe George was disappointing in the bedroom or just altogether. Who knows? But this was out of the norm, clearly, for Marianne because she has, at this point, already given birth to roughly seven or eight children. Yeah. Do most we know... of whom haven't made, made it. Yeah. Yeah. Do we know how old she is at this point? She was... Mm. she was 19 when she married william and that was in 1860 oh no when she married william it was oh my gosh where is that this is why i don't like the old timey ones i know i'm just curious like is she like 28 or is she like 45 you know what i mean like so 19 plus 14 is how much it's 33 okay so 33 and then uh, she moved on to George pretty quickly. So she's probably still around 33. Okay. So like she's not like 30. So she'd still be, yeah, still be able to get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And she goes on to continue. Oh, I see. Okay. So we know for sure she can still get oh, pregnant. she can still yeah. shoot him out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's happening. So who knows what the reason was, but this was also just out of the norm for her. It was... And we'll get into more of the reason why this was very out of the norm for her. Okay. So at the end of the brief 15-month marriage, George had mysteriously died, suffering from all of the classic symptoms of arsenic poisoning, diarrhea, like remember the first baby I said was mm-hmm. diarrhea cause of death, like maybe, stomach pains and a tingling in hands and feet. Those are the most common symptoms of arsenic poisoning. So now with her second husband out of the way, Marianne... Sorry. Yes. Was it like... But was it like medically labeled as something? Was it like typhoid again? I couldn't find the reason, the medical listing on the document. Okay. Yeah. But 
like his symptoms were noted. Okay. All right. They were probably just like typhoid. Typhoid. Or typhus. Typhus. Whichever one they decided on the day. Yeah. They're like, it's one of the ones of the T. Just write it down. It's fine. They'll (laughs) they'll know what we mean. It was diarrhea. Everyone dies of diarrhea. diarrhea. So it's just diarrhea. Honestly, I feel like maybe maybe this is where my like ingrained fear of diarrhea (laughs) stems from. Because like whenever I have it, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to die. This is the worst thing. It's from history. Yeah. 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 You can die from it. You can. It's happened. Or it's from arsenic. Who knows? I don't know. But anyways, with her second husband out of the way, Marianne continued on with this pattern. She moved again and applied to work as the housekeeper for a wealthy father of five. His name was James Robinson. His young wife had recently died. From all accounts, it sounds like she had died before meeting Marianne, so I don't think she had anything to do with this death. Okay. (laughs) I was just just thinking, I'm like, I know. Because when I first started reading it, I was like, I wonder if there's a reason why that young wife is dead. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so Marianne was looking for a man, basically. She, She moved into the Robinson home before the Christmas of 1866. And just a quick week i'm out just a quick it's because i've got the word quick and then week right after i should have known better yeah yeah i like that's my bad <laughs> you totally set yourself I up, for that, one. up yeah. for that um just a quick week after her arrival the youngest of james robinson's children was dead oh wow i don't know the cause of this one I do. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I, I'm speculating, but... I think I know what it is, What too. a coincidence. Yeah. By the way, we're not, like, joking about children being dead. We're just joking about her more so. Just no, no, no. Yeah, just callously. her presence. Just... Her existence. Yeah, just causing just death <laughs> just everywhere. 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 So the death of his child didn't dampen any of their heat in the early months of their relationship because Marianne was pregnant by early March just about three months after their marriage in December. Sorry, they didn't get married in December. Them becoming a couple in December. Okay, but they weren't married yet? Not yet. Oh, okay. Not yet. Okay. Marianne had to visit her mom for a little bit around this time. I guess she had caught wind that her mother had fallen ill. So she goes to tend to her mother. But this clearly interrupted Marianne's plans because even though by all accounts... Marianne was truly and honestly a very skilled nurse, very, very good at her job. Her mother was somehow mysteriously dead just nine days after Marianne's arrival. Mm, Okay. She was, like, renowned for being this healer. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Yeah. And you just... uh, Yeah. All your powers are just dried up. Yeah. Yeah. So Marianne's mother's neighbors were suspicious. They thought it was weird. At least somebody was. Yeah. Because Marianne had apparently not only loudly predicted the death of her mother a few days before her passing, but then had proceeded to rummage through her dead mother's possessions in a way that neighbors found tactless and overeager. Yeah. Marianne ignored the gossip, grabbed her daughter, Isabella, who was being watched by yes. her mom yeah. and ran back to James. So in April of 1867, this was a particularly gruesome month for the Robinson family. In just a window of 10 days, three of the children were rolling around in bed, all foaming at the mouth and projectile <laughs> vomiting. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. The first being nine-year-old Isabella, who was Marianne's and William's daughter. Yeah. She died with the cause being listed as gastric fever. The second being six-year-old James Robinson uh, died, like, same name of his father, um, died with the cause listed as continued fever. Okay. The third being eight-year-old Elizabeth Robinson died also with the cause listed as gastric fever. So types of fevers. That's a lot of children. Within... Ten days? Ten days. So all of these being noted as quote-unquote natural causes were easy cover-ups for arsenic poisoning. It was, like, because there's symptom overlap, so it's possible. But even with all of these deaths happening in such a short window of time, it kind of paints you a good picture as to just exactly how heavy-handed Marianne could be with the poison how impatient she became with parenting. But it's also sort of important to note here, as you're probably thinking to yourself, as I know you're thinking this, but you listening, um, how is she getting away with this? When to us right now, like this, this sounds like alarm bells. Like this is. Well, yeah. And if anybody who like has known her throughout all of these like marriages and periods would. Yeah. Like I would be thinking like, okay, so all of her like oh. many many children have died yeah like how does anyone survive like her her last two husbands have died yeah now her new husband's kids are dying yeah along with her last child like there's there's literally a trail of bodies behind her yeah my my guess is at this point no no one's really taking notice no one's yeah. like clocking it as weird yet well and that's what i mean is that like someone who would have known her throughout her whole life and all these relationships but like for her new husband uh james yeah right he wouldn't necessarily know if she didn't tell him about all exactly. these previous examples yeah. um her husbands and her kids and stuff so yeah. um maybe someone wouldn't make that connection because it's just because like you said yeah. it was a time where children yeah. and people died of what you know nowadays seems like mundane causes but yeah they didn't have medicine and exactly. treatments for them back then. So it could just be like, oh, wow, what an unlucky hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and like, that's what I was just about to say was too. It's like, it's primarily the time period that is acting as like a disguise for her. Because children specifically in this time period did die very, very frequently. Yes. For, yeah. for like ridiculous things. Like, yeah. like scraping your knee. You get a minor infection, you're fucking done. Yeah. Well, they don't have any antibiotics and yeah. things like that. So, yeah. It's just the common cold, right? Like one of those things. The flu. Exactly. Diarrhea. Like fevers. Like, like you just didn't have medicine. Care. And, yeah. And care for that. Yeah. Like you could patch someone up really well and give them all the right things if they're in the hospital getting care, but... It's hard to treat kids too back then. Like, it's just so different. So, now in August of 1867, by the way, Marianne's still pregnant. Um, sometime in August, James and Marianne finally tie the knot in okay. yet another very sneaky ceremony. Um, Marianne was pregnant for this. Uh, she gave birth to their daughter in November. It's noted in just about any piece of information I could find on Marianne, which wasn't an overwhelming amount of info, but still like a, a decent amount, that this was basically routine for her in the sense of getting pregnant secured the marriage for her, like mm -hmm. made sure yeah. like 
you're not going anywhere now. If we if we make a child together, like you're in debt to me. Yeah. So um but she really didn't have any interest in actually raising kids or even just being a good mom in any way. Like that was not an interest for her. Like that's noted as she like I don't want kids, but it's like a means to an end. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that doesn't surprise me at this point. No. Um No. She doesn't sound like a very nurturing person no no <laughs> no even though i mean she technically was fantastic at nurturing people back to health but that's the odd also part, right? very good at getting rid of them only only people that she might want to marry and then later yeah kill what a weird cycle i know i know right so anyways their daughter who was born in november sadly only lived for a few months and soon passed away with the cause being listed as convulsions Again, I don't know if mm-hmm. arsenic was the cause here. It very well could be because a lot of her children also die very early into their lives. And I think it's, I, I'm going to chalk it up to the difficultness of raising a baby added to her not wanting kids. So she mm. probably just simply didn't like it and yeah. was like, I just don't want this anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm thinking, like, with this cycle, like, her being pregnant would tie her to these men. Mm-hmm. So they have to, like you said, like, that's the, you have yeah. to stay with me now. But then once it results in a baby, she's like, yeah, no, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. I'll just, like, kill it. And then, like, as callous as that is, I'll, I'll get rid of it. And then I will just get pregnant again. Yeah. And then just keep, keep them doing on my this. lure here. Like, yeah. yeah, like, that's that's really, although that seems like an extremely flawed plan, in her um, mind, it must have made sense. That That's what it seems like she's doing to me. Yeah. So in 1869, James and Marianne go on to have another child together who they named George. One of her previous mm. husband's names. Absolutely. She has a that's knack very weird. for repeating names and also like very distastefully naming babies after like previous babies like i'm sorry you can't have two margaret janes that's so, that's disrespectful that feels like, that's like so, so fucking wrong like yeah. i just it's so weird to me but she did it she done did it and i mean not like not like either of them lived i guess to be adults or whatever but like hypothetically today if you like someone did that you'd be like what kind of a like you're like what kind of a legacy are you giving that child in yeah. terms of like like even if your argument was like oh it's to honor the one but it's like a sibling you know what i yeah. mean that it had passed like... away before you were born like that's a weird thing to put on a child that's weird and i know she's not thinking about it, of course because she of doesn't care not. about her no, children because in her head they're not going to last very long anyways that's what i mean so obviously like for her but like just outside of that that's such a weird yeah weird thing to do very weird and also, like, previous husbands. Previous husbands. Too. Like, that's... Okay, and I also get it, like, George, yes, was an extremely common name back then. But, like, imagine... But, like, like, imagine you, Becky, names. you have, like, a kid and you name it after one of your exes. I, I could never. Like, that's so what, fucked one up. One of my ex's names was actually the highest name on my baby boy's, like, name list. And now you can never. No. Ever. Ever. No. He has fucking ruined that name for me. I, you couldn't even pay me to name my future child after him. No, I would I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay you. No. <laughs> no. So why would, yeah, why yeah. would somebody fucking do that? Like, the, as I Just was goes to show, like, like, seriously how fucked up callous. she is. Yeah. Like, it's... I guess my question is, like, does, does, um, 
James. Does James know? Like, or is she just like, oh, you know, it would be I a great know. name. And George. And, and he's like, like, oh, what a what a great name. What a great idea. And she's like, yeah. And she's like maniacally laughing like, in the background. Like, no. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's not enough information to say whether or not James knew. I'm gonna I say I'm gonna say no. Because I, I I would venture a guess and say no. I like I'm gonna say no. Because if she was like, hey, why don't we name him after my dead ex husband? You know, Who and he murdered. Be like, yeah, and he'd be like, um, let's not. Let's not. Yeah. So the let's fact that he agreed that. to it says to me that he didn't know. Yeah. No. So so no. <laughs> they had also around this time begun to argue constantly about money. James was starting to realize that Marianne made a habit of small financial deceptions. Oh. She would run up little debts here and there. Like, it didn't, I I couldn't find out what the little debts were. I'm assuming it was like maybe like a tab at like a restaurant or bar kind of thing. Like little debts like that where you like, oh, I'll I'll bring back the money to the shop or whatever. Like things like that. Mm -hmm. That's my assumption. I don't know. Or maybe to her arsenic dealer. I don't know. Arsenic dealer. Do those exist? Is that a thing? Where do you get that from? Let's not talk about that. Let's not, let's not <laughs> and tell this the is kids. where we have the Google search, yeah. right? Where it's like, how, where, where do you where find do arsenic? I buy <laughs> lethal poison to kill husband? With like, <laughs> like, honestly, um, she kept money that she had claimed to have spent. So the whole like lemonade stand analogy. <laughs> yeah. yeah that yeah she was doing that she had also enlisted his last surviving son to pawn clothes for her they fought about the clothing pawning incident the most frequently and also the most intensely and marianne for some reason being who she is was the one that grew so upset from this like arguing about this like just she was like beside herself that she just ended up taking baby george and ran away oh while she was gone james boarded up the house and moved in with his sister later in like a a plaintive letter Marianne would spin this action of as like betrayal on his part, even though she's the one that left. Don't ask me. Okay. But her quote is, I left the house for a few days. I did not wish to part from him. When I returned, there was no home for me. Well, like usually when you're betraying your husband by using his children to earn income for you and this is a betrayal well, to and him. you're technically like stealing money from him yeah. like there's nothing in this section that you've told me that she was still working so i'm assuming like when she, she was, was married she because that was her point is like to yeah. marry someone who was financially stable so like at this time yeah all of your finances are coming from him and you're you're stealing money yeah you know like you're hiding it from him exactly so yes you're you're the deceiver yes not you're the betrayer not him <laughs> no no but again i don't think marianne's logic works like everybody else's. No, you don't think I so? I don't think so. All right. I don't get the vibe. Yeah, I think I think it's just off with her. <laughs> She's <laughs> got other plans. Bigger other plans, for sure. So, after a few months away, Marianne made her way back into town with little baby George. She was... She asked. I love that you're calling him little baby George. Because <laughs> like, I have to, you know, decipher between, you know, ex-husband George and new George and... <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Yep. 
She asked a friend if this friend could watch George so she could go mail a letter, a.k.a. buy a pack of smokes and never return. Oh, she just left. Yeah. Well, see, when you said that she took the baby and ran off, I was a little bit surprised because I'm like, but she doesn't want. No. She doesn't want the kid. No. She doesn't want any of the kids. So, like, why would you take him in the first place? Unless it was for, like, I'm going to run off and, like, I'm going to be this, like, like mother with a new baby and people will, like, take pity on me. I don't know. But, like, obviously that wasn't her plan either because then she just yeah. left him with Well, it clearly someone. only lasted a few months. So maybe her plan of, like, I don't know, homing her own child was, like, failing miserably. And that's why she was just like, yeah, I'm going to go mail this letter. I'll be right back. Mm. Um that's it. Okay. So she left baby George with this friend. Eventually, the friend tracked down James and was able to reunite baby George with his father. Okay. Probably the best case scenario for George. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. To, yeah. to be get to live with the, the not murderous parent? Yeah, yeah. For sure. I think that's like a way healthier environment. I mm-hmm. think so. I could be wrong. I mean, you know. You're never, never going to know. You're never going to know. Yeah. You're never going to know. There's no way of knowing. <laughs> Maybe he would have been the one that survived. Yeah. So now Marianne's roughly 37. At this point, she was just kind of moving around, wandering, working in different places for short stints. Um, she's like free of a husband and children now for the third time in her life. Is she like, so James is still alive. So are they yeah. divorced or she's just like, she's run off? I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. They're technically still married. Yeah, that's what I'm figuring. Yeah. Okay. So she's making the best of this solo time for now. Um, Rumor of this time in her life was that she had ended up moving in with, and I'm going to quote here from the book, a lusty sailor. (laughs) Of course you have to. Yeah, you got to quote that. You got to put in lusty for sure. I don't even know like what lusty entails, but a lusty sailor. (laughs) Lusty sailor. I I don't know about like the factualness behind this, but... um, And then she just naturally stole all of his money when he was away at sea. This was just like a really fun little blip in her history where it didn't sound like anyone died. It was just like a classic, I'm taking your money. Okay. Cla- yeah, classic. Yeah, Just, absolutely. You know, a short break to do some casual robbing. Someone blind. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't long before she moved back um, to her more traditional hustle. We're going to be wrapping up this one for quickly here. So Marianne began to um, correspond back and forth with an old acquaintance from her younger days, um, a friend named Margaret Cotton who was now deemed to be, like, a wealthy spinster. Okay. So she's like, I'm going to talk to Margaret. Okay. Margaret had a brother, Frederick Cotton, Uh. who was a widower with two sons, just like James before him. Like, yeah. Yeah. Previous. Um, He desperately needed a housekeeper, so he said. His wife had passed. They have two young kids. Margaret likely thought she was doing her brother, like, the biggest favor ever by sending over her extremely qualified and charming friend, Marianne, who's a double threat of being this incredible nurse, great for kids, as well as deeply experienced housemaid, great for the house. She obviously had no idea what kind of dark and scary turn Marianne was about to unleash on the entire Cotton family. This is where we're stopping for part one. We're, oh, you're stopping there? I'm stopping here. Okay. Just because there isn't, like, a better 
part in the story to split it at. No, that's a good place to stop because I'm like, I want to know more. Well, you can't. <sighs> Shit. You can't. And neither can you guys. And no. <laughs> if and I can't have it, it. you can't either. <laughs> that's that's it for part one. Oh my gosh. I feel like I've lived four lifetimes in this story. I know. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, how is she not one caught yeah. or dead or like, you, you know, know what I mean? Like, how is she still even moving? I know. And you know what? You said the exact same thing in Nanny Doss. These women just like fly through the husbands and kids and stuff and i it's yeah that's a lot of work <laughs> like i'm exhausted yeah i mean it's just and like these are like like the true psychopaths yeah. you know what i mean where it's like just to yeah. get up every morning and be like and here i go yeah and it's not a like, care in the world i feel like the time period really like plays a role here because it's just so i feel like the I don't know, the attitude towards killing people back then was, like, way more nonchalant, if that makes sense. Like, at least from, like, maybe it's just because I only research, like, murder cases. Yeah, But maybe, it just feels yeah. like a way more, like, less serious thing than, like, talking about murder in present day. Well, here's the thing. I think with, especially with kids, but also with adults of this time, like we said, people died all the time of like very mundane causes. Yeah. So maybe there was this more acceptance of like death in terms of like, mm -hmm. that's like people were extremely sad about it, but it was almost like just not surprising or like that's something you have to prepare for yeah. more than we prepare for it now because there's yeah. so many methods that we can try and prevent that from happening. Yeah. So maybe that's why, like I, I you know, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't be weird to me if, like, this was a time period where people, like, didn't even get that attached to their kids until they were, like, grown up to an age where it's like, okay, I guess you're sticking around. Yeah. You know what I mean? You look healthy. Like, that sounds callous, <laughs> but I mean, like, to protect yourself. Like, yeah. not, I'm not talking about someone like Marianne, of course. Like, a regular yeah. person who's having kids. A normal person, Where it's yeah. like, okay, I've, I've had kids and, like, a lot of them have died. Yeah. Of, like, illnesses and things like that. So, I'm going to have more kids but i'm gonna protect yeah. myself from getting too attached because then what if they die and then i'm just yeah. like this shadow of a person you know what i mean That's like true. i think maybe as a defense mechanism people had to like yeah detach themselves maybe I, I think until right. there was like a certain point your kids grow up and you're like okay like they're but again adults still died of illnesses and things like that yeah. but it's more like maybe really young kids not that they weren't cared yeah. for but maybe it was just sort of like i'm not might I'm well. not, like, uh, attaching myself to you as strongly yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think also, um, too, like, a good factor to consider would be, too, that this time period, while, yeah, acknowledging that, like, people and children mainly just, like, died left and right. But I think, too, the, like, obviously, again, not necessarily for Marianne's case because she had very different motives. But, like, the whole approach to having children back then wasn't necessarily the way it is now of, like, I want a kid to carry on my family legacy mm -hmm. it was more so let's have lots of kids so that we could potentially double our income because then we can have workers and all of these things yep to absolutely. help out the family so maybe it was just like also because it was more of like a practical approach to life oh yeah for sure so. and it doesn't mean that people didn't love their children of oh, course yeah. they did and like just, you know as a woman like carrying a child in your body is you're bound to um like have a level of attachment even yeah if you like are trying not to so of course like yeah it's not that people were walking around not caring about people no. it's just the i think the 
what was normal for society back then. It's just very different now. now I mean, yeah. the life expectancy was shorter. Like now, it's like we've well, back then all in Marianne's case, it was a few months. <laughs> That's true. If you knew Marianne, your life expectancy was like two Zero. years old. Yeah, <laughs> like you're not even standing a that chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's part one. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious to see where me too this ends <laughs> for her and 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 everybody. How it, did she? How did like the global population not drop because of this woman? It it probably skewed the numbers quite a bit, but also a good chunk of their deaths and stuff were like deemed either like unregistered, like the first five. Those ones are technically unregistered yeah no yeah so it's like uh, okay like how do we approach this but anyways on that note sign up to be super cool join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed and if you ever want to chat and connect with us you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com or you can dm us or comment on our posts on instagram at how to not get killed And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Yeah. Keep it sleazy. Do it. Yeah. Don't poison anyone. Well, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be that sleazy. Don't do that. That's very sleazy. No. No, no, no.